Hey everyone, this is Jackie Cooper from J. Cooper Travels and I want to invite you to listen to um, this little bit of information. Um, I Today I wanted to talk to you about something that's dear uh, to, and close to my heart uh, because I am an attorney even though I'm not actively practicing right now in the traditional way. I am doing um, consulting on a variety of, of topic areas from special ed, to cryptocurrency, to business consulting. And in doing all that, I realized that many of the individuals that I was speaking to um, did not have the basics in place. They did not have a will. They did not have an estate plan in place. They did not have some of the documents that they needed for their small business. Um, they also... Um, again, had they were either single or had a family and and they also struggled with identity theft uh, situations. So I've been encountering as I've been doing J. Cooper travels, a lot of different scenarios. And I realized that as a lawyer, I'm actively licensed in one state, but I really am meeting clients from around the world. And I really wanted to support them in what they were doing. So recently I became involved with a company called Legal Shield, and the link will be um, below in the podcast. Um, so that way you can check out the packages. The packages are really affordable. You can they're smart, they're simple, the they protect your family, your business, and your personal identity. If you're buying a cup of coffee or tea from Starbucks every day, you can definitely afford um, this Legal Shield plan. With Legal Shield, they also have uh, supplements for gun owners, for a trial defense, for a home business, for ride shares. Um, these packages uh, provide adv advice and consultation, letters and calls, document review. You can get access to professional consultations, letters and calls, 24-7 uh, emergency access. Um, the plan is definitely, um, again, can fit all of your various needs. So my um, request is that you definitely check this out. Just like having health insurance, which we all need in case of an emergency, um, and just in case you know we travel. I, for those that have listened to me, I always say don't travel without travel insurance because the unexpected happens. The same thing I would recommend on the Legal Shield side because all of us need a will. All of us need the basics um, plan in place. So that way when the unexpected happens um, at a time that we might not have planned for it, um, our family and we are set to go in terms of having um, a medical power of attorney or anything else that we might need. So again, really quick, Legal Shield. I am an associate. I definitely, um, in this situation, you know, am highly recommending this for you to just check it out. My link is below and feel free to reach out to me so that way I can support you in all your needs. And if you decide that you would also like to be featured on J. Cooper Travels as uh, one of the stories being shared, definitely reach out to me. I'm open to meeting new people. Legal Shield is available in all 50 states in the Canada as well as in the UK. So it is very broad and again, it is, um, a comprehensive 
very affordable package that can start at $24.95 a month, um, which is really, really reasonable considering that you have um, almost unlimited access to your personal attorney that gets assigned to you. So have a great day and I look forward to um, seeing you like and subscribe and joining more of the conversations on J. Cooper Travels. Have a great one. Bye. Hey everyone, this is Jackie Cooper with J. Cooper Travels and uh, today I have a really special guest because we're going to be talking about a place that's been on my bucket list and I haven't had a chance to go and explore so I'm really excited about um, talking about this special place which I'll share with you in a quick second. For those that are not familiar with J. Cooper Travels, I just want to give you a little overview. Um, my background um, is that I am an attorney, but I actually um, have navigated over to the, uh, the teaching side, and I'm also an entrepreneur in the travel space. So I have been uh, traveling all my life, and I love it, and I travel with my daughter, uh, who's a young adult now. And one of the things that I did a number of years ago is I um, started to um, book and share trips with others because I think that it's a great way to get to know different cultures and just to have a really um, wonderful experience overall. And I know right now everyone is really antsy because of being having staycations, um, but and we're going to start to be moving around. And so I today we are going to be talking with. Um, an individual who's very familiar with uh, a special island. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and your business? Um, for those that are on the podcast, we also have a YouTube site. So that way you can see some wonderful, wonderful pictures. But for those that are on the podcast, um, you're, you're missing a little bit about this beautiful background. It's, it's very colorful. And we'll talk more about that in a quick second. So um, your business and what do you do? Okay, so my name is Shabi Samuhi, and I founded Cultural Island Travel in 2014. And um, the special island that we are going to be talking about is Cuba, um, holds a very, very special place in my heart. And um, we've been doing that since 2014. We've taken so many different types of groups over, and I'd love to talk to you more about how it all came about. Yeah, so tell me, why Cuba? What, um, how did you, uh, I know that you've traveled, you're from, you know, you've traveled all around the world yourself, but what, um, what drew you to Cuba? And um, I know that um, your background is very interesting too, and you have a definitely an inspiring story. So, but why Cuba? So, um, I went on a semester at sea in 1999, and it was my first time, um, it was my senior year in college, and it was my first time really traveling, like really going to a lot of different places, and they were off the beaten path places. They weren't really your, you know, Europe or your Florida, or, you know, so they were, so it was Cuba, Brazil, Africa, and Asia. So I got a, you know, I kind of jumped into this huge, amazing travel experience, and Cuba was our first stop. 
And it was really special because we were the first student group in um, 50 years that large to go to Cuba because of the laws and the legalities. And um, so we got permission from the US government to go and we were the first semester at sea to go to Cuba. There were subsequent um, ones that also went, but we were the first ones. And I didn't know anything about this place, you know? I mean, it's like you hear so many different things on the news, but I didn't really know what to expect. And I just saw an island full of culture, full of music that really just awakens your soul. Art, um, unbelievable artists, um, just a gorgeous island with a huge, um, a huge boardwalk that everyone calls the longest bench in the world, <laughs> where people get together every, you know, every night and play music and, you know, lovers and, you know, talk to each other and families get together. And it's just, it's just a very different place, very unique, because it's kind of stuck a little bit back in time. Not every, you know, not everybody's in their phone or, you know, it's just a very social environment. You stop and talk to someone when you see them in the street and it could turn into an hour long conversation and you go for coffee and, you know, nobody's in a rush. Nobody's, you know, it's, it's a completely different place from where I live in New York. Um, it's just a totally different reality. And, I have never seen a Caribbean island where there's just so much to do or really any place in the world. Um, and like you said, I mean, I went to 10 countries on my semester at sea. I love to travel. I've been to many, many different places, but Cuba just had me going back over and over again. I've probably been there about a hundred times um, since 20 years ago. So I know so. that um, you're a dancer as well. And yes. so you off, off camera, you had been talking about um, your interest in the arts and culture. Um, what did you find with the, the dancing down there? And, um, you know, what kind of experience did you have with that? So this this more happened on my second trip where um, I ended up going back because we were only there in semester at sea for three days. So I knew that I loved it, but I hadn't, you know, really gone in depth with it yet. And um, when I went back the second time, it was a year later, and we went for 10 days. And I just went with a couple of girlfriends. And I remember there was this guy that I knew who was really into the dancing and the music and the bands there. And he wrote me a whole list of all these places to go out, all these clubs and all of these bands to see. And, and I was more of like a homebody in college, you know, or I'd go to the theater or I'd go to a nice restaurant. Or I really wasn't into the clubs in New York or anything like that. I wasn't into that scene. <laughs> But with the first night, we were just like, well, we'll just try one. We'll just go out and see. And and that was it. I was there for 10 nights. I went out every single night. I just stared at the dancers because I couldn't dance. I didn't know anything, anything about dancing. I was completely uncoordinated. I told my friends I was going to learn how to dance, and they were laughing. I mean, just laughing. They're just like, okay. <laughs> you know? um, but eventually I did. I started taking classes. I started taking it very seriously. I've had 20 years of practice now, so um, I guess I'm pretty decent. <laughs> but I love it. I mean, there's nothing – I think there's nothing that I miss more in this pandemic than dancing and traveling, really nothing. Um and they were just the most incredible dancers. And I saw this 15 piece salsa band. I don't even know who they were now, um, but it just blew my mind. It just blew my mind. I'd just never seen anything like it. And I never had a passion for, for music and dance like that before, never. And so I started going back over and over again. 
I started working with some amazing musicians that um, one is now nominated for a Grammy. Another one's being um, produced by Cab Calloway's daughter, who was on one of my trips and she saw him there in a private show. And so we've done, I mean, it, it just took me on a different path than where I ever thought I would be. Um, so over the 20 years, I mean, it was travel first, it was dance, then it was music, and then back to travel when it became legal. And I knew that, you know, this was something I could really do for a living because I'd always dreamed of doing it. I always wanted to take people there and just show them what I, what I fell in love with. So you you bring up a good point. So a lot of people might not know um, the legalities. So for is Cuba uh, open for Americans to travel, and what do, what do they uh, need to think about um, if they do travel over there? Okay. Yes, it is open. Um, it it is confusing for a lot of people, and I, I don't blame people for being confused because there there have been a lot of politics played with Cuba and a lot of. Um, just a lot of different small changes, although they they were really just small changes. Um, under the Obama administration, they opened up travel a lot more. Um, they made it legal again under certain categories. There are 12 categories that make it legal to travel to Cuba for an American. Um, Trump brought that down to 11, but it doesn't make much of a difference. Um, the one that we usually use is support for the Cuban people for just the average tourist. And what that basically means is that you are directly supporting the Cuban people with your money, which is what we would rather do anyway. All of our guides are privately paid, our drivers, the restaurants we use are not government owned, they're private, and those are way better restaurants, way better food, like very creative atmospheres. Some are owned by artists. I mean, just, it's really, really fun, way better food. Um, but everything we do, when we do a private concert in someone's home or in a recording studio, we pay that person. And so that all qualifies under support for the Cuban people. And something really important to note for us is that we've had people travel. Um, we work with the Blue Note, we work with different people. We've had people travel who have been everywhere and have done everything they've wanted to do. Um, they've been to jazz festivals all over the world and then they go to, let's say, the Havana Jazz Festival um, or they just go on a regular Cuba trip and they come back and they say, well, I've never done anything like that. You know, all of those experiences were so special. And so even if, you know, the laws all changed, I wouldn't change the way we do things, the way we do our tours, because they're very intimate and you really meet the Cuban people and they're they're done in a way where you know they say they say to me like oh we don't walk around Italy and go to an award-winning musician's house and just you know hang out and, and listen to his music and talk about his family and meet his family and you know I mean it just it just doesn't work that way on most tours anywhere really around the world and this all kind of became founded to fit in with the law but it's something that we would do anyway even if it wasn't the law so uh, what size groups um, normally would um, be traveling with um, your organization? So if people are just joining our, our trips individually, we capped our trips at eight. For certain things like jazz festival, um, we cap it at 12, only because we want more people to have access to our best guides. We don't want to really split it, you know, so because there are more people that go at that time. Um, but we try to keep it very small. A lot of companies go up to 24, 26, some even up to 30 on the same big bus. We generally don't like to do that 
unless, I mean, there are times when, um, let's say we had a corporate group that was 60 people. So we have to do two big buses and, you know, but that's what they wanted. Only if it's what the client wants and they need to do a big group for something. We also did a publishing fair with, um, um, with several publishing groups. And that was also, you know, something where there were 40 people. So we definitely had, you know, more, um, more people together in the group, but we still, we still try to then hire more, more guides to make it more personal, split up the meals to make it more personal. Like we try to do it in a way where, um, they have a really intimate experience, but yeah, in general, we try not to make our groups too big. That's, Unless that's what the client wants and it's a big group and you know, then that's fine. We also work around that, but we still, even there, you know, if it's a group, let's say of 20, we'll use, you know, two Mercedes sprinters instead of trying, instead of doing like the big tour bus thing and trying to get, you know, the government services involved. It's much better that way. Yeah, no, for sure. So um, you've talked a lot about this, but what makes Cuba so special and different from other destinations? And if you are trying, if someone is trying to decide which direction to go, what would you, why would you recommend or have them think about, um, experiencing Cuba. Okay, so it's funny because that second trip that I went on with my two girlfriends, they had asked me, you know, where can we go that's really different and interesting, but not too far away. Um, and we can spend about 10 days and they had already gone to Europe and, you know, they didn't want to go as far as Australia or Africa. Or and I said, Cuba, Cuba's perfect. And then they planned the trip and then they said, well, why don't you go with us? And I said, really, why don't I go with you? That's right. <laughs> and I, I, I was working at Goldman Sachs at the time. I think I made up some kind of excuse to take two weeks off and, and I went, um, I never really cared about losing my job there. I don't think it was ever really for me. <laughs> but, um, but so, um, so it, it just, it's the kind of place, you know, we were talking with one of my tour guides the other day and she was saying, you know, I miss, she's in Ireland right now. She's just spending some time with her family, but she was saying, you know what I miss? Like when the kids used to break down and like start dancing in the middle of the street because they heard a song that they really liked. I mean, and this is normal. This happens everywhere. Like people just start dancing, they break out and dance in the middle of the street and it's completely normal. Nobody looks at them strangely, nobody, you know, it's just normal. They have a joy in their life that I have never really seen in any other place. And what's interesting to me, what I think it is, is that they push the art so much. Like just for example, you know, when I was little, my mother is like, you should be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> Uh, my dad's like, you should be a pharmacist, you know, all three of us completely disappointed him because we weren't pharmacists, you know, I just, they wanted us to do something very traditional and very safe. And, you know, you'll make your money, you'll be okay. You know, whatever. in Cuba, they push their kids to be ballerinas, to be dancers, to be artists, to be painters, to be, you know, actors, to be musicians. And it's just, it's a completely different reality, you know, it's a completely different reality. And I feel like, you know, when they talk about like how cutting arts in schools really affects the children. Yeah. I totally agree with that because they see that they have just more of a sane way of life. And they think it's because the arts aren't everything and the arts are respected even more than being a doctor or a lawyer, which is wild. You know, a lawyer has nothing to do in Cuba pretty much. We have two lawyers on our staff as tour guides. They're fantastic. As tour guides, but I mean, they have very little work as lawyers because, <laughs> because it's not a country obsessed with suing and, you know, all kinds of, I mean, it's just not so necessary. Right, exactly. So, 
So those are the most respected and those are the most well-paid professions too, which is completely, you know, the opposite of here. So I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. And it's, it makes it so special. And also it's not one of those Caribbean islands where you come off like the, the plane or the cruise ship and there are a million like fancy stores and jewelry stores and stuff like that. It's all very authentic, you know, even the touristy shops, it's more like, you know, little souvenirs. It's not, um, it's not based on how much money you have. It's not based on anything like that. It's just real life. It's real life. I think the way, probably the way it used to be. And I think that that's what really attracts me to it. Like people are not so busy that they can't smile and talk to you. They're not, it's, it's just a different way, different place. And you see the, the antique cars, the classic American cars just going around everywhere. And I tell you, Jackie, like I've been there a hundred times probably, and I'm still not sick of that. <laughs> I mean, every time they're so it's so colorful and so pretty, and 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 we have an amazing mechanic down there who was actually on a show, um, a Discovery Channel show called Cuban Chrome, and he takes these like it was the first reality show filmed in Cuba. Like, they did this during the Obama years. Um, and he takes these cars, like these classic cars, and completely renovates them and makes up the parts and creates them. And, you know, because there's no home, you know, there's no auto zone. You're not like there's no exactly. home. Like, exactly. Everything, everything you have to do, you have to kind of just figure it out, um, which also makes for very resourceful people. So what um, what type of itineraries? I know for those that are interested in going to Cuba, just reach out to me at, uh, you know, jcoopertravels at gmail.com or you can text uh, me at 301-215-3518 and I'll have that information as well. But uh, what kind of itineraries do uh, are you able to put together for those that might be interested in exploring the island? Sure. Um, so we do a couple of different ones, um, kind of depending on what kind of time you have. Um, so there's one I really like. It's a culinary tour. It's called Taste of Cuba. So it's um, it's a food and rum tour. So not because ah. <laughs> Cuba's not the right climate for wine. There is good wine that they pour, <laughs> but it's not really the right climate for wine. <laughs> I wouldn't try the Cuban wine, but the rum is fantastic. <laughs> So um, it's a lot of, you know, organic farm to table experiences. Um, we go out to the countryside with that one. Um, Pinal del Rio and Vinales, it was named by the New York Times one year as the best place to travel to. And um, you see the tobacco fields, the sugar fields, the um, tobacco farmers show you how to roll the famous Cuban cigars and just what they do from start to finish. Um, there's this guy there um, who has this project called Patio Pellegrin, and it's this huge garden um, and little farmers, like chickens running around, and they do a big, you know, they do a big farm to table thing there. And it's a community project, so it helps the kids in the area. And it's a, it's an artist's um, haven, too. And he's an artist, so he actually has art for sale, and you can see his art. And also, um, they have a writer's corner where people can go and like write novels if they feel like it. Like it's just a really special, beautiful place that we like to take people to. Um, but yeah, it's all, you know, kind of the best of the food plus other, of course, other cultural things we always put in um, all kind of, you know, music and art and everything like that. 
Um, another one that I really love is we have a seven day Cuban music and art tour, and that one goes to the city of Trinidad. So a lot of people confuse it. It's not Trinidad and Tobago, it's Trinidad and Cuba, and it's, um, it's a four hour drive from Havana. And it is a gorgeous city. I've never seen anything like it. Like it's all cobblestone streets. You see people still like going around on horseback occasionally. Wow. Like it's just really special, like really small, colorful houses everywhere. And it has emerald waterfalls that you can hike up to um, or a horseback ride actually. It has um, beaches, beautiful beaches, mountains. I mean, it's just kind of everything in one. It's just such a beautiful town. It's such a beautiful town. I mean, Havana is a must. Havana is gorgeous. It's, um, and it's exciting. You know, there's just constantly like this, this feeling of excitement there, this great energy. But Trinidad is a little bit more laid back, but also really, really beautiful. And you hear the beautiful, like traditional Cuban music coming out of like every restaurant and bar when you're walking around. And it's just, it's, it's a very romantic city too, I feel like. It's really that sounds good. nice. That definitely sounds nice. For those, again, that are interested in, in going to Cuba, definitely reach out to me. So that way we can figure out how to um, make it happen. And the simplest way is simply to uh, text Jay Cooper uh, Cuba at 301-215-3518. And I'll also have that um, number both uh, below the podcast as well as, um, you know, on the YouTube. Um, I know we're going to have continuing conversations because we want to highlight and feature different parts of the culture and, you know, different tours. I know that you and I have talked about the fact that even though individuals might have an interest and they should definitely reach out now so that way they could start planning. Um, probably the tours might not start for a little while, but it's always good to start, you know, planning and getting the information and that way you can kind of budget. Um, any last minute things that you want to share before we um, yeah. kind of log um, off? So about that, um, I think that by fall, winter, it should be um, okay to travel COVID-wise. They're also, they started their vaccinations now in March, and they're usually really great about public health. So hopefully between their vaccination schedule and ours, I think that that will probably be a good time to start traveling there again. Um, so right now we're just basically putting out the itineraries, telling people um, that it is legal to go and just one more thing, because we get asked this so much, is this Cuba safe? Um, one of the safest destinations I've ever been to in my whole life. I mean, I have my four-year-old, and ever since she was a baby, she runs around there. I don't worry about her. It's um, very little violent crime, almost virtually none. Um, the only thing that could happen and has never actually happened on any of our trips is maybe like pickpocketing or whatever. So, you know, you would just be as you are in New York or anywhere else that you live, you know, you're just not wearing super flashy jewelry, not, you know, I, I had a guy um, once take out a wad of hundred dollar bills out of his back pocket. And I was just like, uh, you don't need to do that. <laughs> I mean, he was fine, but you know, it's just basically using you know, common sense. <laughs> But it's not one of those places like, you know, a lot of islands I've been to, they're like, don't go out of the tourist area, don't go out of the resort area, don't go out of it. It's, it's not like that. Even the tourist, touristiest part or the most touristy part of Cuba, which is Old Havana, is where all the amazing architecture you've probably seen um, is, people live there locals live there it's not like you know not like times square where like everybody's a tourist so, so even there 
you know, you're, you're still like mixed in with the locals and they're just lovely. So you don't need to run away from them or hide from them. They're really, they're really great. So that sounds awesome. That's, that's definitely, definitely great to know. So I look forward to our next conversation. Um, and I look forward to, um, adding this to my travel list so that way I can bring back, um, pictures from my excursions. Yeah, I so, can't wait for you to go. I know. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And definitely um, like and subscribe and connect with me so that way I can, um, you know, share more information about the tours and itineraries. And I look forward to uh, talking with you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.